Hi neighbors, CJ here. Just a quick note about this week's episode. There were some audio issues that I tried to fix but was unable to totally rectify. But rest assured though, the episode is great with some fantastic discussions. I apologize for the technical problems, but I'll be sure to nip those in the bud going forward. So with that, we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, neighbors, to another episode of the Praise and Broship Podcast, where two deconstructed best friends deconstruct praise and worship music and other forms of Christian and secular media. As former praise and worship musicians, we'll do our best to bring unique, lighthearted, and hopefully insightful conversations to your ears every week. My name's CJ, and I'm joined by my best friend, Luke. What's up, Luke? Hi. And we are joined by our second ever guest on the podcast, our social media officer, Jackie. Say hello, Jackie. What's up, everybody? We're so glad to have our SMO on the uh, podcast. <laughs> so as we do every week, we're going to get started with our first segment, How's Your Walk? Luke, how's your walk? Uh, I'm good, man. So uh, an update on the our pickleball gaming uh-huh. with, uh, with me and Brittany. Man, that woman... Had me running all over the court. I she was hitting it back and forth across the court, and I was hitting it right to her every time because that's all like a dude sprinting back and forth across the court. And she said, "Oh, uh, I wish I could say that I was good enough to do that on purpose." And then she did it again a little bit later, and I could see her eyes move to where she was trying to hit it, and then she actually was hitting it where she was trying to hit it, and she was scoring points on me. So, so yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, I don't know what pickleball is. So you get a jar of pickles, uh-huh. and yep. You roll it across. Uh, no, I'm kidding. So it's, it's all this hitting business then. Uh, well, okay. I need a visual. There's going to be visual components. You that just the unzip won't your get. your pants and you just hang the pickle out of the front of your pants. You just and then someone you, you shake your hips until your whichever the first one to fall out loses. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, that and she was slinging those pickles all over the court. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's basically a hybrid of uh, tennis and ping pong. But yeah, it's it's been really fun. She's getting better and I'm getting better. Well, you know what? Something she's, we can do together. She's getting so good because of that ninja move she had. And oh, yeah. now her <laughs> confidence stunt. is just like next yeah. level, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's n- nothing nothing new going on over here. Just uh, living life, having fun. Awesome. What about, uh, what about you? Uh, everything's good on my end. So last week we talked, Luke brought up the whole church jargon thing, and I wanted to kind of piggyback on that for my Hauser Walk this week. Uh, I know we've mentioned this phrase on the podcast at least a couple of times, and it seems pretty straightforward in and of itself, but I wanted to maybe expound on it just a little bit. And that phrase is isolate and imitate. And we've talked hmm. about this. Now, when we talk about this, we're referring specifically to Christian music. But you can really apply this to other forms of Christian uh, media that we'll we'll get to in future episodes, I'm sure, like movies and fine arts and um, those types of things. So when we say isolate and imitate, we're talking about this uh, propensity for Christians to be isolated from from secular culture. They have created their own evangelical Christian subculture. Um, and, and look, this is a biblical perspective, right? This is a biblical 
It's biblically, it? it's biblically sound, I guess, is what I want to say with that, in that as Christians, you're called to be in the world, but not of the world, right? You're, you're of the kingdom of heaven, not of this world. And also, obviously, there's that aspect in the, the imagery in the Bible about being set apart and being a stranger in a strange land. So from a biblical perspective, it makes sense. However, isolation, we're not talking isolation in terms of uh, communal isolation, right? Monks or whatever being completely isolated and separated from society. You're still engaging in the world and in popular culture uh, writ large. But the second half of, of that is imitate. And this is where it becomes problematic. Uh, Christians are called to be imitators of Christ. And from the music that we talk about, uh, not always, but a lot of times, there's very, very clear imitation of secular music. Oh, yeah. And I think the best example, and it really came at a great time, which was last week's episode, episode 17. And so I wanted to bring it up this week so that it was kind of fresh in everyone's minds. Thousand Foot Crutch. They took a, an established oh. <laughs> song, Unbelievable, yeah. by EMF. And even in the YouTube comments that Luke read on it, you know, it was like one of the comments was like, I didn't know that this was originally by EMF until like today. And it goes to show you that Christians are are isolated and they're insulated and they live in this little mm. they live in their little bubble. And so they don't even know when a song is uh, either uh, just a blatant ripoff uh, or it's an homage of some sort, like I like I truly believe Thousand Foot Crutch was doing. They they obviously weren't trying to rip off EMF. Yeah, they probably were fans of that song. Yeah, and they, otherwise they wouldn't want to cover they it. They used literally everything was exactly the same except the rap parts, right? So there's nothing wrong with imitation in and of itself. You know, you hear that that old uh, quote by Oscar Wilde that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but what people don't cite is the second half of that quote. So the whole quote is, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery that mediocrity can pay to greatness. So, Ooh, you know, you, you don't... Oh. And, and a lot of times, listen, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Uh, musically, pretty much everything has been done unless you're just the craziest jazz musician ever. But uh, sometimes it really does feel like the imitation is overstepping its bounds it's less of a like well i like this style of music so i'm going to play this and more of how can i reconfigure that secular song to be uh something that christians can can listen to because a lot of christians won't listen to secular music and they won't watch yeah. movies that are past a pg rating and so there's this need in that subculture to imitate to to set yourself apart which is fine but then your engagement with popular culture is just to kind of rip it off. Yeah, like, well, with Jeremy Camp uh, sounding a lot like Google Dolls. Yeah, uh, Google Dolls. Or uh, DC Talk with Jesus Freak sounding a, a lot like Nirvana in the, in mm -hmm. the guitar riffs. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. So that's what I wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> Jackie, how's your walk going? Good. My walk has been a little bit more like a run lately. Oh. Uh, just got so much stuff to do all the time, which is good. I actually like being busy. <clears throat> and then it's going to get even busier, like more like a sprint starting next week because <laughs> I'm getting ready to start school. Ooh. So I'm just going to have so much I on my plate. I just got stressed for you. <laughs> but it's okay. It's like I like having stuff to do. But um, I realized recently that you can get burnt out doing things that you love. And mm -hmm. so like I love being busy. But 
I like recently realized that even even though I love like doing things and all the stuff I'm doing I love then I still need to make sure that I'm like setting aside time for myself. So last Saturday, I actually took myself out to lunch for the first time ever. I was like, I could invite some friends out, but really, I just want somewhere to serve me pancakes so I can (laughs) eat while I read my book. And so that's what I did. And it was really nice. It was like very chill. The weather was really nice. So I sat outside on the patio. So that was fun. That's my little self-care thing that I've done recently. Yeah. I mean, even God rested on the seventh day. So That's right. And the seventh day for some religions is Saturday. So that worked out. (laughs) Calendars are weird. Facts. But yeah, that's about all that's going on for me right now. Cool. All right. Well, moving right along to our first music segment of the week. It's our Christian or praise and worship song. And this week, our Smo Jackie brought a song for us, and we're very excited to hear what it's going to be. So, Jackie, what did you choose for us? Yes. So, actually, this song is very topical with everything that's been happening right now within the podcast. Um, This song, well, I'll give you like all the background after (laughs) you've heard it, but maybe what it is will speak for itself. So, the song is called Rebel Intro by Lecrae. Oh. I am not familiar with any of that. So. Oh, yeah, Lecrae, of course. Yeah. Well, we're going to listen to this song, and you all will do the same, and we're going to meet you back here in just a few. All right, you just heard Rebel Intro by Lecrae, either the 30-second version or the full song. Luke, CJ, what are your thoughts? Well, um, I had to look really quick when that when that chorus kicks in to <laughs> to see what year it came out because it has Mar- it has some sound bites from Mark Driscoll and uh, it uh, made me feel a little bad for Lecrae there for a second. But uh, year wise, we're good. But yeah, I mean, I really like the dark feel of the song. It's ominous. It has some really dark imagery in it, and he seems to just be kind of spitting his truth, which I can really relate to. Uh, and, and I'm sure we'll get into the lyrics more. But yeah, I, I really, I liked it. I, I'm fa- I'm pretty familiar with Lecrae, not this particular song, but yeah, I liked it a lot. I have mixed feelings. Me too. I like the idea of, the, of Jesus being a rebel because he absolutely was. Whether you believe he really existed or not, the story is about Jesus completely uprooting Judaism. I, I think I've said it before on the podcast, in the beginning uh, of Genesis, God creates order out of chaos. And then God's people create so much order that Jesus comes in to, to create chaos out of order. And that's kind of what this song is talking about a bit. But... The way it goes and, about and, it is really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> the the rhymes are are good. The some of them are really good. Some of them are a little juvenile, but overall, it's not a bad song. I think the uh, the interstitched preaching is a little not for my taste. I didn't really like that <laughs> so much because it was pretty fundamentalism missed but when he's talking about jesus i i like the lyrics but when he's talking about how we should be living i'm just like eh. 
Yeah, that's that's what not... I had a problem with too. So yeah. it's interesting that you say the word juvenile because let me tell you how I know this song. So I grew up from the from the hip hop artist Juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know that that is a thing. But sorry, Juvenile, don't know who you are. But oh, um... God. we're so fucking old. <laughs> well, I know what we're doing. Whenever the podcast is over. <laughs> oh great! Yes, culture me, please. But um, so. I grew up Catholic, so really the only Christian songs I know are like the ones that you sing in church. But Mm. this song, obviously, you don't sing in church. And I know this song because when I was in middle school, I was part of a soccer team. And looking back, this was probably like not very good of them to do. But the coach of the soccer team was Christian, and she showed us this song. I don't even remember how she showed us this song, but... She introduced this song to all of us uh, girls on the team, and she was like, we should be the Rebels. Like, that, let's have that be our soccer team name. And she, like, burned a disc, a CD of this song on it for each of us, and we were called the Rebels. We were Rebel Soccer. And do you realize on the uh, cover of the album, the E, the second E is upside down? I didn't notice that. (laughs) So rebellious. I thought that was so cool (laughs) when I was a little middle schooler. And that's what we had printed on our team shirts was Rebel with it spelled that way with the E upside down. So it was very like – so when you say juvenile, that is totally what it feels like to me because I knew the song when I was in middle school. And I was like, oh my gosh, this song is so cool. He's talking about being a rebel. I never really listened to the lyrics too closely. I knew that it was about Jesus, obviously, because it says Jesus in it. But like – I just thought that it sounded cool. And that is, I think, ultimately what he is like getting at, what he's going for here with this song is he's like kind of like how you're talking about in the intro, CJ, about like taking pieces from like pop culture and bringing it into Christian music. He's trying to make Christianity seem cool to these Christian kids (laughs) Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like treat it as something that's like you don't have to be like doing all these stuff that your friends are doing, like drinking drugs tattoos which by the way he has tattoos i don't know when he got these <laughs> tattoos but yeah, maybe it was before he, he was, was a christian maybe yes. he was born with it <laughs> maybe it's maybelline yeah um. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh he does have a little bit of background he was like really not in a good place in his childhood and he looked up to rappers like tupac growing up as like these idols instead of like uh, a father figure and so he got saved when he was 17 in 1999 and so maybe he did get the tattoos before that but um yeah that was just like my first take when i first like was paying attention to the lyrics of the song i was like oh he's trying to make the audience which is young christians think that being a christian is cool yeah we've talked about that before with uh music imitating pop culture music where it it feels like a a rebellion even though you're you're kind of just doing the same thing but with different words i don't don't know like we said before with the dc talk or the striper episode where Mm -hmm. you're listening to music that's not sung in church but the lyrics are allowing you to feel good about rebelling (laughs) based on the content or based on the type of music that you're that you're listening to. Yeah, and and you know, we talk about we talk about Christian subculture or evangelical subculture, but what Lecrae is singing about here is a counterculture, right? That's that's what where this rebellion comes in, and I wouldn't consider Christianity counterculture, 
But uh, in, I mean, I'm sure some denominations and some belief systems do kind of factor into counterculture. But by and large, it, it's it really comes back to the cool thing to do because since all of your friends are doing these things, drinking, getting tattoos, piercing, smoking, all that then the rebellious thing, the countercultural thing to do is to do the opposite of those things. Right. He and to be straight as a, edge as a, and whatever. Yeah, countercultural yeah. Well, yeah, It's thing. like uh, all your friends are rebelling against their parents, then you should obey your parents. Mm-hmm. That's the right. rebellious exactly. thing to do is exactly. to obey your parents. <laughs> like, uh. And that's what, that's what Mark Driscoll says there in that, in that last chorus is uh, everyone's done that is so tiring. If you want to be a rebel, read your Bible. You know, so it's... That he's, started off so good, and then it's just... <laughs> well, he's just, he's trying, like I said, it's it's a, he's trying to, and, and we've said it too, everyone said it at this point, I think, he's just trying to get people to feel like it's a good thing and it's a cool thing to do, you know, the Christian thing, to be a good person and to not smoke or drink or, or have sex out of marriage, outside of marriage, those kinds of things looking at pornography, uh, the, whatever he's talking about. He, he uses many examples. So, yeah, it's just a way like, well, everybody's doing it. So you should do the opposite because that's what being a rebel is really about. So. I And also before I started to do like research into who he was, it's so interesting. After you know who the singer is, or rapper in this case, it casts such a different light on the song. And so I feel kind of bad like criticizing it after knowing like about his past and like where he came from. But I thought it was interesting. The one line that really stood out to me before I researched into who he was, was uh, he's scared to worship money and his wants over Elion, which... I wanted to talk about that because yeah. I didn't know what Elion was. Oh, so according to Genius, it's the Hebrew name, one of the Hebrew names for God. Is that right, CJ? You yes, know that's more what about... I was writing in Hebrew. Okay. Uh. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and uh, I just thought it was interesting because when I was growing up, Catholic, we were encouraged to like fear God was definitely a term that was used, but it was like we shouldn't we shouldn't obey God because we feared him. We should obey him because we love him. Do you know what I mean? It's like we're, we shouldn't do right because we fear hell. We should do right because we want heaven. And so it's interesting that he says that he is trying to like he's scared of money. Basically, he'd rather have a dollar in his pocket than a million because he'd be tempted to worship the money. So it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it seems like it's coming from more of a fear place. It, it's interesting because that's not what typically rappers rap about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which is, yeah, that, that, and that's all yeah, I have that to say about very that. Count, that is very counterculture, you know, yeah. uh, to, to, to rap about the opposite of what you hear in a lot of rap and hip hop music, which is like, I'm, I'm going to get that money. I, uh, you know, I want all the money. So yeah, that's, I mean, uh it's fine. He doesn't yeah. have to be scared well, of money. <laughs> I, I'd be interested to know how he do, like, unless we talk to him, I don't know how we would know this, but the the fact that he rhymes Elion with carry on, uh, it's an interesting rhyme. I'm, I'm curious about that. I wonder what he would have to say about that or how he came up with that. Like, where did he learn of Elion? And like I said, there's some interesting rhymes here. And then there's some not so interesting rhymes here. <laughs> Like, uh, when he says, uh, man, if that's the high life, I'll puff, puff, pass. Does that mean that he's, does that mean that he's still smoking, but then he's going to like leave it afterward? Like he's saying he's going to puff, puff. 
Hmm. And then pass. Lecrae, so we need ma- an explanation. Well, okay, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's he he engaged in it at one point in his life, yes. and then he moved past that. Yeah. Or maybe he's just a two hitter quitter. I mean, he's just got a <laughs> puff, puff, and then he's out. Like it, that's me, man. I I need to go to bed after two puffs, man. <laughs> like, uh, oh god, no, I'll get the spins if I take two puffs and then go to bed. Uh, or you know, it could be a really clever. Puffs. I'm telling on you. I'm the one who lives in a state um, with it being legal. Or it could just be um, a reference to the activity of imbibing of marijuana. <laughs> Hesitation on the to, marijuana. He, yeah, maybe he's just trying to be clever, or maybe it's really deep. I'm. I don't. Really, I don't know. I don't. I don't know this artist very well. I, you know, heard. I wrote that. I wrote that line down. I. I I do like that line. It, it, is, it is a little. Again, it's clever. It it catch it catches but, your ear, right? Yeah. Because you're like, wait, 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 what? What did he say? Did he see puffing? You know, and then you're like, oh, he's he's. It's a it's a turn of phrase, right? I'll puff yeah. puff pass yeah, yeah. that. Like I don't I don't want that. emphasis on the pass. Um, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then in the next line, he uh, he says, "You live evaporated like missing a gas cap," and when that evokes the idea of life as vapor or meaningless as as yep. mentioned in the beginning of ecclesiastes which i think is interesting again don't know if it's intentional it, it probably is because that seems a, like a pretty specific experience or acknowledgement of existence so yeah i, I uh yeah i I, re- I actually like that line the the gas cap line I yeah it's a really good line i'm trying to look through and see uh, if because <laughs> I know there were some bad lines too, but oh, so let's bring it back to Mark Driscoll. I don't know who that is, and CJ, you seem to think that that's not a very nice person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Mark Driscoll was this. Um, I mean, he he's still, he's still alive, not was. He he's this evangelical pastor. He founded the Mars Hill branches of churches, and um, in like the early 20 teens like 2013 2014 something like that he really started coming under fire for allegations of like abusive behavior towards staff and you know say a staff member messes up or or sins or whatever he was being very abusive toward them and again like I don't I don't have all the the ins and outs on it but he was very very abrasive with the way that he went about uh shepherding or whatever you want to call it over his churches and he was actually part of the church message board but he was under a <laughs> he was under a pseudonym on the message boards William Wallace I think was his Ugh. was his <laughs> was his pseudonym on the message boards and he basically went on this rant uh where called the pussified nation Ooh, where he just talked wow. about how he talked about how men are you know pussies men are basically one step away from being feminists and homosexuals and they're they're emasculated and they're not real men because they don't they don't run their households like the bible says they should run Yikes. their household just just yeah. a very like legalistic kind of piece of shit i hope he's listening to this <laughs> and also he had like this string of um 
plagiarism allegations, like one of the books that he uh, published in the uh, the early 2010s, like someone came out and was like, yo, he just straight up copied most of his book verbatim from another work. And I can't I can't remember what the work was, wow. but didn't he go uh, to yeah, college? He just had... That's like the first thing you learn. Don't plagiarize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or plagiarize he, um, better plagiarize better just like move the words around a little bit search up in a, in a right, thesaurus yeah. just in a he he just yeah just not a good person not a uh, this is why d- people leave the church right mm-hmm. the, the these are the types of guys and so when i saw like oh <laughs> he's got these these audio clips of mark driscoll in his songs i i scrolled down to see the year of release and i was like okay 2008 that's before all of this shit started coming out. So, you know, I, whatever, that's, that's fine. I think Lecrae hopefully doesn't uh, subscribe to any of Driscoll's uh, BS anymore, but you know, I, I guess I'd have to look that up and see if he's mentioned. Yeah, email us, let us it. know if. <laughs> <laughs> Are Lecrae yeah, really. and Mark Driscoll best buds? So one, one line that I really did like was, uh, where is it? Uh, wrap the bread of life because they're, they're dying to eat. That's, that's a good line. Like you're, you're, you're speaking to, cause that, that's, that was whole, that was Jesus's whole thing was like, he was speaking to people who were hungry and thirsty for something different than what they were being fed already. And that goes back again to him creating that chaos in the order that they've been brought up in, that that establishment. You know, Jesus was like that's why I think this song falls short. It could have done so much more because Jesus was in the stories was to completely topple both church and state. Like he was unsatisfied with how the 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 government was treating its people and unsatisfied with how the Jewish culture was treating its people as in like if you're not I mean that's what we deal with currently in fundamentalism is if you're not in church every Sunday or if you're not you know evangelizing if if you're not perfect then you're worthless and Jesus came in to say like no like you are worthy and and we are all of God and it's so oh god I could go on around on, on fundamentalism but yeah to to speak truth and to speak uh, of something that gives value to people that is not what they've always been taught to go back to CJ what you were saying with the uh, the quote and how people often forget the second half of that quote it's like that's so refreshing to me I love that I love when people say oh you've heard this quote before but you never hear people talk about the other part of the quote and right. it gives so much more context and meaning to the quote that everybody knows. Like, I love that shit. <laughs> it's so interesting. And and that, I think that's what Jesus came to do was to give commentary to all of the legalism and law that there's more than just the law. There's a There's a context there. And context is everything. And I feel like this song kind of misses that mark a bit. It kind of leans, it seems like it's saying like that, you know, there's more to the story, but just leans into more legalism, you know. What do you mean by legalism? Adherence to the law, like obeying the rules, mm. doing doing what, what the Bible tells you to do without any context. I mean, like reading it 
taking it at its word, not not giving any nuance to it, not giving any of your personal experience to it, not not looking at any con- any historical or political context of the time in which it's written, you know, because that that's everything. You know, we we, we for example, we talk about Jesus being the king of kings and lord of lords, but if you were to look at the coins of that day, it would say that Caesar is the king of kings and the lord of lords. So when people started referring to Jesus as the king of kings and lord of lords, it is a political statement. It is a statement that we are we no longer believe in this regime. We no longer believe in this structure. So you're like, where is that claim in this song? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's that this song needs that. It's like we don't we don't need uh I don't want to say we don't need the government, but we don't need <laughs> anarchy. <laughs> yeah. I, to and to a degree, yes, but we don't the law itself, people People tend to make their identity about the law or about what the Bible says without any context in regards to their own experience or any context to what Jesus was actually talking about. So he's basically calling us to be rebels, calling Christians, young Christians, I feel like that's the audience, to be rebels in this song. But he's not really saying, he's saying how to be a rebel, but he's not saying why. Well, yeah, well, he's he's telling us to be rebels by obeying rules Mm -hmm. of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, it's like a false, not a false dichotomy. What is it? It's maybe that's the right word, but yeah, it's, yeah, he, he's double talking. He, he's telling you to, to be rebellious by doing the things that you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so like, he doesn't even, it seems like he doesn't even realize what he's saying. Hmm. CJ, you've been quiet for a bit. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just reading. <laughs> <laughs> When you're talking contextually about uh, the Bible, you you like Luke said, you have there has to be a sense of authorial intent. There has to be a sense of what was happening at the time when this book was supposedly or or generally agreed upon. When was it written, and what was going on at the time, and what were the Jews going through, and what did the political landscape look like? And oftentimes those things aren't taken into consideration. And it's simply, well, the Bible says this, so that's what I have to follow and that's what I have to believe. And from a deconstruction standpoint, that's not good enough. <laughs> like, you have to yeah. give me more than just, well, that's what the Bible says. But, yeah, and when people say, oh, because that's what the Bible says, they that's it seems to me, and because I've experienced it and I've done it, it's a cop-out. Because I don't understand, I'm not willing to do the work and research to look into why the author said that. I don't understand it, so it just it's just God's providence. It's just, that's just what the Bible says, so I got to do exactly what it says. And that's, oh man, that's, it's deadly to be literally deadly to people. And it's, and I've had, I've had, uh, I had a pastor for, from a church that I visited for a while when I was living in Texas. Uh, this was probably, I don't know, um, 10 years ago, something like that. And the pastor said something from the pulpit that I thought was really cool. He said, if you haven't found something in the Bible that offends you, then you haven't read the Bible. Yeah. And and this was coming from a conservative evangelical pastor. And he was making a point beside what we're trying to make here, but the but it still stands, right? If you find something in the Bible that doesn't sit right in it and it it doesn't compute. You don't understand how someone can follow this or believe this, 
then it's like, well, now it's time for you to dig deeper and it's time for you to go in and really get in the shit and then figure it out and keep shoveling yourself out of the shit. And whatever way you come out of it is the way you come out of it. And, and it's valid, right? But yeah, I just think that there, there's, there's context and there's, there's a, a level of, of, like you said, kind of a, a finesse to it and a way to maneuver through it. Uh, to get the most out of the text where it's not just, well, this is what the Bible says. Yeah. It's like, no, no, that's just not good enough anymore. That's not good enough for me anymore, mm. you know, so. So it's interesting that uh, we're talking about, like, deconstruction in the context of Lecrae, because he actually tweeted recently about deconstruction, and I want to know kind of what you think about it. So oh. it, it's like a really long thread. So I'll just read like the first few parts. So he, and then I'll I also want to know what you think commenters said about it. So he says, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Christians are afraid of deconstruction. I've personally gone through it, and let me give you food for thought. There are two types of deconstruction happening in the church. One is healthy, and the other is dangerous. One type of deconstruction actually involves using scriptures to deconstruct unhealthy ideas and practices. Christ himself did this by deconstructing the Pharisees' interpretation of scripture. You have heard it said, but I say, quote unquote, using scripture to challenge things. Healthy. Mm -hmm. Many millennials are using culture to challenge scripture. This often leads to culture taking precedence over scripture, and sadly, people begin to deconstruct themselves out of the faith. We begin to question the Bible because it doesn't line up with culture. Unhealthy. And then he goes on and on a few more, like several more paragraphs, but that's the gist of it. So I'm wondering what are your takes and what you think other people have to say about it? Can I go first, CJ? Yeah, go for it. So as you're reading that and uh, yeah, I I think that, okay, so I'll bring him up again. Richard Rohr. <laughs> he says that- Richard the, Rohr, I adore. Yeah, the, <laughs> the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. So if you are a Christian and you're having questions, I say dig deep into those. Because if you're if you're afraid of deconstruction, if you're afraid of questioning your faith, then I would say that your faith isn't very strong. Because if you were to keep asking questions and to dig into all of the difficult topics that you know, the Christian faith in modern society has to deal with, then you just want to be comfortable. You just want to be content with where you are. You don't really want to grow because that that's what started my deconstruction. And I'm sure CJ too, is these, these common ideas about how you're supposed to exist in the Christian culture. If you can't question that and come out the other side, still being a devout Christian, then there's, there's things that need to be addressed. Like you, you have to question everything. And if that, if your faith doesn't hold up, then maybe, maybe what you thought you believed isn't true. And that's okay. Because, uh, something that Rob Bell has said before is that if it's true, it's God's truth. So if that's, if, if that is true, then you have to recalibrate what you think is God's truth because you think God is is is, is wow it's, you think God is is in control <laughs> of everything but if something comes up to be untrue then that can't be God's truth and if something that you don't believe in becomes true then that must be God's truth because God God is in control and I and I say that speaking as you know 
from the perspective of a of a Christian. If 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 you find something that just is unavoidably true, then God made it true. I'm interested in, in what you so you're saying that when you're deconstructing, basically you're you're picking you're discovering what you dis, what you think is true, essentially, right? Yeah, okay. So I'll give an example. Um, the thing that, that started my deconstruction was the idea of prayer, the idea. So when I was in middle school, I started going to church and that's when I started learning about group prayer, prayer requests, all that stuff. And I was asking questions about like, oh, well, well, why are we doing prayer requests? So, oh, so, so more people could pray, can, can pray about the thing that you're dealing with. Oh, so is it like, is it like a petition? I literally said that. Is it like a petition? Like the more people pray about it, the more likely God is to to answer those prayers. And, and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. And I, I genuinely don't remember their response to that other than no, because they didn't have an answer. If they had an answer, I would remember it. <laughs> and so it seemed that to pray to God was kind of like putting a coin in a vending machine. And if that were true then it seemed like God wasn't that much in control. So also considering that every prayer that was said out loud in a group would would end in, in your name, Jesus, or your will be done, or something like that. It's like, well, if God's, if God's will is going to be done, what control do we have over that? If God is going to do what he d- is going to do regardless of what we're saying, then what's the point of praying? So you're saying that you used the, uh, like you used scripture, you used other parts of the Bible to point out the parts of the Bible that didn't make sense. Basically, why pray if God is all powerful? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. My favorite, uh, my favorite little phrase when people would pray is uh lord you you already know what we need you know the <laughs> desires of our heart i'm like then why are we doing this yeah <laughs> can we yeah. just go home i want to watch yeah. the football games and they're like oh i i have a i have a silent pr- what, what is it silent prayer request uh, or unspoken uh, oh, uns- unspoken prayer yeah. request it's like oh well, okay <laughs> Ugh. No, like, no, no, I just, <laughs> well, just, yeah. just real quick to piggyback off, off what you were saying, Luke, like, uh, and, and again, this is Richard Rohr and, and this really kind of opened my eyes to, to where I was in my deconstruction process. And that was, he said that mystery is not that which is unknowable, but mystery is that which is infinitely knowable. And that really spoke to me because it made me okay with not having all the answers. You know, someone that is, uh, that those of you who don't know my background, I'm, I mean, I went to college for theology. I've taken loads of Hebrew, loads of Greek, a little Latin. I well-versed in what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says, okay? But I'm okay with Name not- three verses. <laughs> in <sorry>. Hebrew. <laughs> in Hebrew. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> See, Fake you can't fan. do it. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was a cheap joke. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> but yeah, no, all I was going to say said, is just like- The Lord said, do not test me. The, um, the, yeah, the, the, the aspect that 
I cannot know. And that not knowing is actually the first step to knowing and to discovering. I, I think that that's a big part of what deconstruction became for me uh, over the last few years is uh, being able to to explore as I as I feel led to explore, right? And not feel like I'm running some kind of race and trying to get through this whole process. You know, it, it's it's not a race. It's not trying to to get through my deconstruction and I have a deadline to meet, right? It, it's okay for me to kind of, to kind of float around yeah. and, and figure things out in my way. Yeah. And if you can say for sure that you know what God wants, then your God is small. You, you can comprehend the mind of God, the thing that created everything and is beyond what, whatever you think that human knowledge is. Your God is small, <laughs> So never stop questioning because if you can understand God, then you're just understanding yourself. Ooh, and I like I, that. Let's go into a philosophical discussion now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just kidding. I would argue I would argue that you do understand God in in some ways because the irony of all it's of your this own God. is you are created in God's image, right? If you if you believe the Bible and the Bible and you take the Bible as it is, then you have to believe that you are created in God's image, regardless of what happened in the Garden of Eden, regardless of the fall, regardless of humanity's constant shortcomings. You have to believe that. And because you are in his image, God is is with you and within you. And so uh, th this is where we get into the evangelical buzzwords like personal Lord and Savior and things like that. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about when you are really searching and you're contemplating and you're doubting God or you're doubting the things you've been taught. Those are those are healthy things to do. And, and please do that. So would you say that it's healthy or unhealthy to use culture to challenge scripture rather than scripture to challenge scripture? Hmm. Like looking outside of God for answers. That's one that's quote unquote what Lecrae says in well, one of his following. And so I, that's what I would say where you look at your own experiences. Um I'm struggling to come up with an example, but yeah, okay. So, no, I do have an example. You know, my family, we all prayed that my aunt would be cured of cancer, and yet she didn't get cured of cancer. And so my experience tells me that prayer doesn't really work because some, you know, a, a Christian would tell me, oh, well, that was, if they're a bad Christian, they would say it's part of God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> what would a good Christian say? Um, they would say that God is there for you, True, you know, and that you can rest in that, you know, God, oh God, yeah, I just don't, I don't know what you could say. You know, you know what a good Christian would say? A good Christian yeah. would say absolutely fucking nothing. They would hold, <laughs> they would hug you. They would love on you. They would be there for you when you need to talk, but they wouldn't say yeah. a damn word because yeah. in that moment, you don't need to be told that God just needed another angel. You don't yeah. need to be told that it was God's will or, or, you know, whatever, just fill in the blank. You need to be comforted. And some Christians, oh, uh, a lot of Christians, find comfort in those, those phrases that I just mentioned. But I don't. 
So, <laughs> and I never have. I've I've always thought yeah. from from even you know my most on fire times. I I never thought that that was the appropriate response. Like if I'm going through a hard time, a, a death in the family, uh, an illness you know, uh, whatever, fill in the blank. Don't come at me with that. Right. Yeah. I, I just need you to be there for me as a yeah. friend, as a confidant. And so in my mind, like Luke said, a bad Christian's going to try to throw, you know, things at you about being God's will and, and just being there time to go. And it's like, no, if you're, if you are in a good space in your, in your faith walk, you're just going to, be there for me, you know. Uh, that that's that's kind of my take on it. I agree. I agree with that. I feel like this is a good stopping point. You know, uh, anybody else have anything? Any final thoughts? I mean, on this I could song? keep going. I got so much. Yeah, more, I mean, but... I could too. But we're, we're running a little long yeah. <laughs> on this song. We're probably gonna cut down on some of this. <laughs> no, Jackie. I this is this was a great song for the podcast. Hey. It's not a necessarily a great song but it's a good song <laughs> I think for it's us catchy, to talk about and i think it it's, is it's great it, yeah. for the young people and i loved it when i was in middle school just because like we were like the rebel soccer it was our thing so it was yeah. cool i think uh and I, I know luke touched on this earlier uh if he had just kind of stuck with talking about how jesus is the the ultimate rebel right yeah it would have been a much better song in my yeah. mind but he spent about two-thirds of the lyrics talking about how he is a rebel and how he's not doing mm-hmm. all of the stuff that the world is doing and that's all well and good cool i'm glad that you're not doing that pal whatever but yeah. when the the bars when he's talking about jesus are just really good and they're and they're true. Yeah. They're a, it's accurate. Yeah, those are the best lyrics of the song. Yeah, that, that's kind of my Jesus. my takeaway from the song. Like, talk more about Jesus being the rebel dude, and maybe he does on the album. I mean, the album is called Rebel, so yeah, this he... is the only Lecrae song I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I was planning on playing a game with CJ, but I realized that it was not going to work. <laughs> the The game was going to be, is this advice for training a dog or dealing with a toddler? And, <laughs> and the reason why this is a failed game is because every time I tried to come up with a question, the answer was both. <laughs> no matter what you're trying to deal with, it... Dealing with a toddler and a puppy, kind of, it's all the same advice. Literally, every point of advice was the same. Give give them a treat uh, whenever <laughs> yep. they, uh, yeah, whenever they, yeah. I mean, smart dogs can get as smart as toddlers, right? Or is that monkeys? Might be monkeys, actually. Probably all three. <laughs> but yeah, so that game fell through. I thought it would be a fun uh, experiment, but nope, it's pretty much the same advice for a toddler and a dog. So CJ, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have a game for our guest, Jackie. Oh boy. I love All right. Games. So Jackie is a bit younger than Luke and I. So Just a little bit. She uses words that, listen, I, I don't understand sometimes. <laughs> And so I want to quiz Jackie on Gen Z oh slang. God. And oh, I want I, I I'm no going to give you a word or a phrase and I just want you to tell me what the definition is, okay? Like I a br- you know, just a brief thing. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so I'll start off easy. Okay. Bet. Oh, I use this one all the time. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. So I was actually trying to like, because one of my roommates doesn't know what it means either. And so I was trying to figure out a way to describe it to him. But it's really just like saying, I acknowledge that you have said something. See, I always, <laughs> I, I was trying I to explain to Brittany what it means. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I bet so. I, I bet I bet yeah. that's true. I bet so. Well, so I say bet when someone's like, okay, I'm about to go take out the trash. And I'm like, all right, bet. Like I acknowledge what you've said. I mm. I I okay. I'm, it hasn't I, happened yet, but I bet that it will happen. I would bet that what you're saying is true. If I See, were to see, that is also the correct usage of the word bet. However, that is a millennial way to use it. Well, okay, <laughs> Jackie. We don't use bet that way anymore. Yeah, we don't have time anymore. The, everything moves so fast nowadays. We don't have time to to fill <laughs> syllables. On God, no cap. <laughs> So right. that's the next one. Uh, no cap. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, my God. oh, bet. Well, I got you. Uh, <laughs> so no cap is like, like you've said something true. It's the truth. Like no lie. You're, you're like cap would capping. be a lie, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. No exactly. cap, no lie. Mm-hmm. Um, what about poggers? Oh, so that's a gamer term. I never <laughs> use that one. <laughs> I. It's like. I don't know exactly where it originated. I think it was Twitch or something like that. Probably. But it's like basically something good happens. Like, oh, that's poggers. Oh, my God. I, I can't I can't judge too hard because we used to say all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's arguably worse. It just, it just ended up making me hungry. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. S- next one. Simp. Oh, I know. Simp, yeah. So we love simps in this household. I bet if you, you simp do. for the right girl... <laughs> <laughs> if you simp for the right girl, then it's good. But if you simp for the wrong girl, then you get flamed on Twitter. So it's like you're introducing is... slang that he hasn't quizzed you on yet. You're saying flamed? <laughs> what? what the is... word Twitter? No, flamed. <laughs> oh, you said flamed. Don't you get flamed on Twitter? Oh, oops. Um. Okay. Well, is I that can like lit up? All of... <laughs> okay. One word on at bl- a time. On blast. <laughs> on blast. On God. But um, simping is when you're like really head over heels. Usually, it's a a guy is really head over heels for a girl. But okay. it's like it's like past the point of reason. Like if you're simping for a girl, like there was. Did you all ever hear about? I think her name is Belle Delphine. Oh yeah, the girl. I mean, who? <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Luke is an OnlyFans subscriber. <laughs> no, only no, only no. to the free ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I don't know if I'm pronouncing this next one correctly. Oh God, Chugi. Oh, we talked about this before. Chugi. I think I remember you guys talking about it, but yeah, when you talked about it, I didn't know what it meant, and I did not remember what it meant. Apparently, it describes anything that's slightly off trend, outdated, and or cringy. Yeah, Ooh. I remember you or someone else talking about that but i've it never used me. it and i've never heard it used yeah. i i remember the way it was explained to me it's a gen z term for millennial shit okay oh, okay yeah so, that, that would make sense yeah yeah because it says trend. like disney disney adults is, is yeah. a, one example <laughs> harry potter adults uh wearing what is it wearing like the 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 the, the quick dry fabric polos whenever you're not a golfer like, and I'm like, hey man, I live in cringe. Florida. It's fucking hot. 
All right. Let's do two more. Uh, next one. <laughs> Bet. Drip. Oh. Uh, that's like when you're anything cool that you're wearing. Like, yeah. it can be clothing, it can be jewelry. You got that drip. It's just cool. Okay. Last one. Skirt. Oh, is that, did I say it right? It's the opposite of room. <laughs> so, skirt. No. Okay. So, some background. <laughs> some background. This actually, so this is the second time I've brought up Ring of Fire tonight. Uh, so, that's like when you draw. Okay. Do y'all know how to play Ring of Fire? How to pray mm. Ring of Fire? Or- <laughs> no, play. It's oh, it's oh! I'm thinking. Damn it! I'm I'm thinking the Johnny Cash song. Uh, <laughs> Why? Well, yes, I actually you, do know how to play the Johnny on Cash the guitar. Song. Prove it right now. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it, it's a card game. It's a card-based drinking game, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you have a cup in the middle or a can, and we play it with a cup. And so you put all the cards around it. And if you draw, I, I won't go through all the cards, but if you draw five, then that's drive. So everyone's sitting in the circle drives like they put their fists out in front of them as if they're holding a steering wheel and you go vroom to go one way and to change directions you have to go skirt and then whoever messes up has to drink anyway that's not what it means in this context (laughs) (laughs) judge Um, not lest ye be judged that's that's all i gotta say about that this just says it's used as an interjection you know for example if someone is sharing juicy gossip their friend might respond with a skirt (laughs) <laughs> to get them to stop and repeat something exciting they just said. Ooh, okay. I've never heard it used like that. I just I say skirt know. whenever I'm driving. Let's be real. Listen, I'm on dictionary.com, so you can't argue Not even that. Urban Dictionary? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I've gotten in trouble with Urban Dictionary before, so... <laughs> along we're going into our second music segment which is our secular song luke what secular song did you bring this week so i have picked a song that has uh been in heavy rotation with me recently and it is this song i want love by babes i don't know this one i don't think i do either all right, well, we're going to listen to it, and you guys are going to do the same, either that 30-second clip or the full song. And uh, I do have YouTube links as well in the show notes. You can check that out as well, and we'll meet you back here in just a few. All right, we just listened to I Want Love by Babes. So, Jackie, CJ, what are your thoughts? So my first thing I wrote down, <laughs> okay, so first a little bit of background. This is how I listen to music. When I'm listening to a new song, I will listen to it all the way through before deciding if I like it or not. <laughs> and if I really like it, I'll add it to a playlist. And if I didn't really like it, I wouldn't add to a playlist. I guess if I really didn't like the song, I would just skip it. But so I said this would be a song that I would listen through and not add to a playlist. Oh. I didn't. I didn't think, I think it's, well, I have a lot of, things to say about it but that was my initial impression cj yeah i mean i i appreciate songs that don't overstay their welcome (laughs) and and it has well and the reason i say that is because it's not a knock on the song the song actually the chord structure here is very reminiscent of uh kind of that proto early like pre-punk style uh chord structure and so i really enjoy that and then you top it off with the fact that it's you know a two and a half minute long song 
and it still kind of keeps that punk style, that old school punk style in check where it's like, look, I'm going to get in, I'm going to say what I want to say, and then I'm going to leave. So I like that. And I like the repetition. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't always like repetition in song, but when you're playing on a loop like this song does, it, there's almost a, a loop characteristic to it that just needs to exist and a repetition that needs to that needs to be alive in the song. And so I liked it. I like this kind of almost psychedelic mm-hmm. style yeah. to it, especially with the with the vocal quality, lo-fi kind of yeah. style. And you can That's hear that kind of the claps in the background. Yeah, that that lo-fi. Yeah, it's sur- surfer pop. Yeah, pseudo yeah, surf punk. music is a yeah. And and I've I've never heard this song. Never. I don't know that I've ever even heard this band. So I'll I'll definitely I, try to listen to some more. I really like this song. It's just for me, it's so groovy and and that. That guitar lick uh, that in- that interjects itself in between the the choruses uh, and the verses, it's just oh god! It's for me, it's so good. I love it so much. <laughs> is that the instrument that is like singing along with them, singing the same notes almost? It's like it's it's doesn't sound like an electric guitar. It sounds like almost a piano, but I'm not sure what it is. Like an electric piano. Uh, I, I like think it's sip, I think it's I just an electric guitar that. I like that. I like it when they're not singing. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely the episode title. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't like it singing along with them. I don't think it's an electric guitar. Maybe it is, but I think it just like it's. I don't know. I just personal preference, I guess. It doesn't. Yeah, no. I wish they would just let them sing. I wish they would the melody and the harmony. I wish the harmony would be by itself without. And that instrument singing along with. I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, it, it is a bit difficult to. I would imagine it's a bit difficult to sing along because it is like very breathy, and yeah, that, that's it. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. I just the the groove of the music itself really, really, really. I, I feel it. No cap. Oh my god, no cap. <laughs> <laughs> Bet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I put a question mark at the end of that one. <laughs> So uh, before we get too much deeper into the musical aspect of it, I kind of want to get it's going to get a little bit dark, you guys. I my my feelings about this song. I, I OK, so let me ask you guys this question. Do you think this is a love song? And maybe that's a loaded question the way I'm asking it. Is it a love song? not really singing it to anyone she's just saying well she does say she wants to feel your heartbeat which yeah. i don't know that could definitely be construed as kind of dark <laughs> well and and she could be speaking kind of in different persons to maybe the song is about loving themselves right um, oh i didn't think about I, that i don't know like i want to feel your heartbeat my heartbeat uh, every time we laugh, like the royal we, like every time I'm laughing, I feel like I could cry. I want love. I, I don't know. That's just a thought. I know that that's that's definitely something that you see in songwriting is changing the person, but but you know, from first person to second person to from singular to plural, you see that sometimes, and so maybe maybe that's where it's going. I, I don't know. Yeah. So my my interpretation of the song. First of all, I want to say. I hate love songs. I think that they are just vapid, insecure, codependent bullshit. <sighs> um, mm. I mean, Kiss from a Rose is a pretty sweet love song. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that there I'm not saying that there aren't good love songs. I'm saying I don't typically like them because most of them seem to just be about like again, insecure, codependent, just oh, I don't know what I would do without you. You're my everything. It's just like, okay, well, be your own fucking person. Like stop. And, you know, maybe because I've been Skirt. married for 15 years <laughs> that I'm just like, okay, fuck this love bullshit. But uh <laughs> oh no no i'm kidding obviously i'm kidding obviously i'm kidding no cap on god the, this um well i mean i i get what you're saying though because there are especially if you listen to the radio and i'm trying to think of a of a, a good idea or a good example of this but yeah it there's love songs on the radio that i hear like i don't listen to the radio that much but but i usually do in the mornings when i'm taking the baby to daycare and there are some songs that are just like who would i be if i don't if i didn't have you and uh i can't live without you and it's it's really creepy and toxic uh, yeah. yeah it's that's a because because in my mind it's like man you you have to love yourself have y'all heard this new lizzo song to be loved no. it's like the best song ever because it's the opposite of that it is the antithesis of I need a, a man or, 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 or someone in my life. It's like, she says, <laughs> like, she says, I'm ready to be loved. Yeah. And, and, but she's talking about loving herself and, and being okay with being in her own skin and who she is as a person. And that's just so refreshing because so much yeah. shit on the radio is just like, I, I can't, I can't live without you. I, I have to have you in my life. And it's like, oh, give me a break. That's true. And then like you, like young kids hear that and then they get this warped sense of what love is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah totally exactly. It's, it's literally pornography, like in, in the truest sense. Like it's, it's not, it's not a real represent, representation of life. It is. Love songs are pornography. Luke. Yes. You can't, yes. you can't love, you can't love someone else in that way. You can't romantically love and and really cherish someone if you can't do that with yourself, right? You yeah. you have to be able to to be okay with who you are and be okay being alone or or not having a significant other in your life before you can really take on that responsibility of loving someone else. Like you have to yeah. do the you have to love yourself first. So I I want to take this uh and love God. Uh, I want to dial this up a bit and go deeper. Uh, to me, the the tone of the lyrics and even the music is one of yearning. Like it's like a painful want. It's not just that. Oh, I want to be in a relationship. It's like I I need to feel connection with somebody, and that's why I was asking about. Do you think this is a love song? I don't think it's a. Maybe it is, but I don't interpret it that way. It's more just wanting connection with somebody or something. And it's not, I want your love. It's I want love. In exactly. General. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly what the lyrics say. I want love, not I want your love. That's uh, yeah. Excellent point. So I'm go like I said, I'm going to get a little bit dark for a second and then we can talk about, you know, and then we can turn on the lights. Yeah. <laughs> so, OK. So have you guys heard of the Frederick experiment? No. Mm -mm. Okay. Oh. So uh, if you're not familiar with it, back in the 13th century, the German king Frederick II conducted an, ex an experiment with the intention of discovering what, if any, language 
children would naturally develop if never spoken to. Oh, no. It is claimed that he was seeking to discover what language would have been imparted to Adam and Eve by God. So, basically, he (laughs) gathered children, newborn children, and uh, conducted an experiment where the the nurses would not speak around the children and yeah to see what what language they could have developed amongst each other uh and the the issue uh, the detriment to this experiment was that he also said that the nurses weren't allowed to touch them which i don't know how you would feed children i don't know how you would you know support them without touching them but basically, the experiment, for lack of, well, I don't want to say, well, yeah, the experiment died with the children that weren't touched. Um, and there are some, there are, there are some accounts that would say that the, you know this experiment is invalid, blah blah blah. Scientifically, obviously, you know, this was back in the 13th century, so how scientific was this experiment by our, by our standards. Uh, but this, this story led me down a, a rabbit hole of a lot of different stories of quote, wild children where different uh, societies would all of a sudden have a child that was either neglected by parents or abandoned or in some way would had no knowledge of society, had no language. And it just, I got real deep into a lot of stories about kids dying. And I was just like, what, what am I doing? This How is not that to this song. Um, because it, it it's about connection with other people. And so regardless of how valid these experiments were, or regardless of how, you know, how these stories unfolded with these wild children it does seem that people need human connection and the question that i would like to pose to you two is is that just an evolutionary thing for survival is there something more going on why why do we feel the need to be important to other people why do we feel like why why is connection with other people so satisfying to us is it is it purely scientific or is there something more going on? Ooh, there are so many facets to that question. CJ, you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really know the evolutionary benefit to safety, having safety in numbers. Yeah, I mean the 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 numbers aspect for sure, right? I mean you travel in packs, but the personal aspect of that, right? What 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 is the genetic benefit to forming a personal connection where where did that personal connection start because for say someone that's uh, a young earth creationist someone that believes that the earth is only you know six or seven thousand years old that adam and eve were literally the first humans and from that standpoint it's like okay well i get it right uh, that if if that's all there is is that if that's as far back as history goes then that's just kind of always how it's been. But if you are scientifically minded or just, you know, smart, you're going <laughs> to believe that that things have, have evolved and changed over time. And so there's got to be a reason why that's it. we're genetically predisposed to want personal connections with people. Because even, I mean, look at like uh, uh, serial killers, uh, Ted Bundy, let's just throw him out there, Dennis Rader, whatever they 
they had personal connections with people. You know, Ted Bundy was mm-hmm. involved with a woman who had a child and he cared for them and he he took care of them and he, by all accounts, really did love them. And same thing with Dennis Rader. He had a family. He had a daughter. Uh, there's pictures on the internet of Dennis Rader holding his daughter up to put the star on top of the Christmas tree. And I believe that that was a genuine connection that he had. But he was, a ter- they were both terrible human beings, right? Mm. And And so... There's got to be something in our DNA that that pushes us towards that. Now, I don't have the answer to it, but it is fascinating to think about because we talk about love as some kind of tangible thing, but really it it doesn't make sense, right? If mm-hmm. someone just if someone said, "Why why did you marry Brittany? Why did why did y'all like what what's the not even what's the point of marriage, but why are you with Brittany? What 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 led you to be with Brittany? That would be a hard question to answer. Not because there aren't reasons for it, but there's a chemical aspect to mm-hmm. it, and there's something that's really hard to explain. and And I think that that's why science is kind of limited on some things because you can't. I can't explain it in scientific terms as to why I'm with the person that I'm with and why I'm happy with that person and uh, deeply connected with that person there there's i don't know i i'm kind of running rambling in circles here but <laughs> yeah it's, well, it's that's why i wanted to, to bring really... this topic up because yeah, yeah it, it's it's a hard question to answer so the question is why do we need connection yes why 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 do people feel lonely why why do why is human interaction and physically touch because in these experiments it was yeah. It seems like the the aspect of the lack of physical interaction for these for these infants that's that seems to be what was the detriment t- to them. So mm-hmm. why what is it about physical contact with other people? What is it about emotional connection with other people that helps humans thrive? Why why why, why does she want to feel uh, the other person's heartbeat? You know why why is it not just oh I want you to to love me, but no, like I, I, I'm yearning, as I said before, to feel your heartbeat, to have mm-hmm. a, an actual intimate connection with somebody, whether romantically or not. What is it about us that it, it, it seems to be beyond just survival? Why, why is it that 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 it's so necessary for humans to interact? Mm-hmm. I think I'm trying to think of it from like a, also an animal like kingdom standpoint mm-hmm. because like obviously there are lots of animals that need that same the physical connection i think for humans at least i don't know if this would really apply to animals but it's 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 validating to be touched it's someone else acknowledging that you exist type of thing yeah and it, it kind of places you in space rather than like feeling disconnected it, it connects you literally to another person but so maybe that's so my question is why, why is that important when we were developed in a universe that is eventually going to, <laughs> to burn out mm-hmm. like why why is oh, that well, significant if, okay well if we're talking like that then we can just say like oh well nothing is significant okay okay <laughs> so yeah maybe let's let's turn the dial back <laughs> a little bit so like i I, I don't know. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but it feels like there's something more to just pure survival for us to be satisfied and gratified and fulfilled by human interaction. And I'm not expecting us to, to solve this question mm-hmm. here. It's just, you know, something to discuss. Yeah, yeah. So 
so you're basically saying so if my answer is we need to be touched in order to be validated as real then mm. your question is why would we need to feel like that regardless yes yeah yeah so yeah that's a good question let me think about it cj you got anything <laughs> <laughs> because animals don't need to feel like they're real they just they they scavenge for food and 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 they exist and they don't know that they're dying <laughs> <You know? laughs> or so, do they uh, maybe i don't maybe, know maybe the little squirrel brain is like i gotta get these nuts or else i'm gonna die cj do you <laughs> have to get those nuts i mean always <laughs> yeah that's a good question that's not one that I've ever really thought of. I've yeah. definitely thought about like I I feel the need for connection because I want to feel like I want to feel like I'm important to somebody. But like, why would I? Yeah, need why? To feel to that somebody? that's the yeah, question yeah. that I always come back to is why. And maybe maybe it's one of those unknowable questions, and we should just accept it and enjoy it and experience it because ultimately it doesn't matter. <laughs> You know, whether you believe in heaven or not, ultimately, it doesn't matter in this life because either we cease to exist or we go on to another world where we worship Jesus. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately, yeah, but it's still fun to think about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's one of those things where I think of if we can understand why we act the way we do, then we can understand more about ourselves and be more present and active and in this life and be more proactive instead of reactive. I wonder if it's like a person by person thing. Like if each person has their own reasons for wanting to feel connections. Yeah, because there are people that are completely content in isolation. Are, are, are they, do they know something that we don't or are they an aberration? You know, <laughs> like I don't understand because I I like isolation, but too much of it, and I and I start going crazy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I definitely have uh, like I'm not I'm not pro I'm not very touchy. I'm not a very touchy person, but like it 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 really is like if I'm comfortable with you, then I'll like be a little bit more like affectionate in that way i guess and that's just for anybody mm -hmm. i guess it's maybe maybe being touched is just a well it just goes back to the same thing it's like i was gonna say maybe being touched is just a way to show that you love somebody but then why would you want to feel that from somebody mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i don't have an answer yeah and i'm not expecting any answers it's <laughs> just something that i this song made me think about that specifically because it's the line i want to feel your heartbeat so it's not just it's not just interaction. It's not just physical touch. It is there's an intimacy there that that it seems like most people need to feel human. What is that? <laughs> what is that longing? And, and that's I don't have the answer. And I, I something that I just wanted to talk about. Sex. <laughs> All I mean, right, so it, we're gonna. When, no, I mean, like seriously though, I, like, does it go back to the need to reproduce and it somehow, could. somehow in our in, in in the evolutionary process, it became less about like, oh, we we have to we have to have sex and we have to physically connect and touch to reproduce and to to repopulate. And to to pass our our DNA onto another generation, and then eventually it turned our brains developed to the point where 
now it's that physical touch doesn't have to involve a sexual connotation, right? A, a, a reproduction, a procreation type thing. And so then it becomes more about intimacy and, and love and longing for someone else. And I, I don't know, because we're not, we don't, we're not descended from directly descended from animals that that are monogamous or that are mm. committed to just one partner, right? So I, I don't know. It's it's definitely a a layered question. It's you know, like you said, we don't have the answer, but it, it is kind of fascinating to think about. Yeah, it almost seems like it, it's in in modern times. It switched from passing on genetic identification to emotional intellectual spiritual identification and yeah i would definitely agree with that i think that oh it's, thank god uh, it's uh <laughs> wait what i said oh thank god <laughs> <That's just laughs> dumb joke <laughs> sorry go ahead no, but anyway so um yeah because like for me when i was saying like when I feel more comfortable with someone that I'm more likely to touch them. I don't mean that in like a sexual way. Mm -hmm. I mean that in like a, like, I just feel comfortable with you. I feel that community with you. I think it's like just, it maybe has evolved from being like strictly a sexual thing to being like a community thing. Yeah. Or maybe it's been like that. I don't know. Monkeys groom each other and that's a community thing. Yeah. <laughs> is that what, is that like when your significant other asks you to rub their back and it quickly Pop devolves into, <laughs> into sex? <laughs> oh, is that how that works? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how it works, buddy. So, uh, to, to shift gears a little bit, a lot of it, uh, the music video, my friends, is fucking wild. Hmm. I hope, oh, yeah? I hope that uh, I, I I highly recommend that we put the link to the YouTube music video uh, in the show notes. I almost wanted to have us listen to or watch the music video as us listening to the song, but I when I watched it earlier today, I knew it would be too distracting and we would not be able to talk about the lyrical content or the music because it is wild. <laughs> it's not... It's not like maybe I'm overselling it. It's just weird. Um, maybe we can watch that together after we finish recording. But it is, oh man, it kind of it, it kind of symbolically addresses some of the stuff that the song talks about. But it, man, it's a group of people doing weird stuff together. It's, I just watched the first ten seconds yeah, of it. Yeah, it's. Wait, why can I not find it? Is it on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's unsettling. It's weird. It'll make you feel things, but I can't tell you what you're going to feel. It's, it's I'm just, so it's, confused because I don't see it. It's and on weird. YouTube, it's I need love, not I want love. No, That's I the love. The, love the, yeah. There, there is there. a, there, they do have a song called I need love, but the, the oh man. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to watch this and I will definitely link this in the show notes. But the first 10 seconds were was a super cut of some really wild shit. So uh, this is going to wow. be fun. I'm mad that I can't find it. I will send Weird. you the link. Maybe it's my parent lock. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I feel like we got pretty deep and we, <laughs> um, I really want to watch this video with you guys. 
So uh, I think we're going to end this segment. But um, before we end the episode, CJ, well, and, and Jackie, sorry, I forget that we have a guest sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Fine, I, I understand. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's only because you're female. Um, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. Cut that out, <laughs> CJ. That was terrible. That was terrible. I didn't hear what you said. No, so it's, it's okay. not because you're female. It's because you're young. Um, <laughs> damn it. Digging myself deeper. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to play a game that I came up with called Mine or Divine. So this is a game where I quiz my co-host and my co-guest. If this is, a... are you also a guest? No, you're you're the guest. I, but I'm a co-guest, so that means there's got to be another guest. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> Freddie for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Freddie's the You've other guest throughout the episode. Um, so. This is uh, either a real church sign or a, a silly church sign that I made up. I'm sorry. Uh, so, okay, here it is. Staying in bed shouting, oh, God, does not constitute going to church. <laughs> oh, that's tough. Because I could definitely see some, like, progressive church having that up. Okay, so here's what we'll do, Jackie. Will when you're ready to give your answer, you'll say yours first, and I'll just say mine right after, like right as you're saying yours. That way, we don't have time to think of the other person. So yeah, you're saying guess. if it's mine, you're it's Luke made it up. If it's divine, uh-huh. it's a real church sign. Okay, I need it again. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Damn it! Relevant. <laughs> Staying in bed, shouting, "Oh God." Does not constitute going to church. <laughs> not only did you sound, cre- not only did no, you no. sound creepy, Please. but you looked creepy. <laughs> I was looking down at them. Okay. All right, for the viewers or listeners, it's where you hold the camera like a way above your head, and it's like focused on your forehead. That's what Luke your, looked like. Your shiny bald dome. <laughs> I know she wanted to talk about how you went bald when you were seven the years old. The dome of the rock, so. as they call it. <laughs> All right. Do I need to say it again, or are you all ready? Okay, I got it. So I go first, and then CJ will go right after me? Yeah. Okay, ready? One, yeah. two, three, mine. Divine. It is divine. Damn it. Yes. Yes. Damn it. I feel like I've uh, seen or heard this sign before, di- so di- I was kind of at an advantage. of Galveston, Houston, Catholic You just Church. really owned it, Luke. I was sure it was yours. Yeah, that's. I got. I. I, I got to come up with ways to trick CJ. Uh, he got it. He got it right though. <laughs> so, can you say it one more time, Luke? But when you say "Oh God," like, can Shout you do it, it in like a as super? As loud as you can. Can you? Can you do it in like a super high pitch? Oh, like you're gonna sexy say like voice? a super like a super horny voice. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, like a like a oh, horny God. Japanese okay. uh, porn. Right, so Luke, Luke, Luke's about to disappear, uh, and I'm just going to commit to the character. <laughs> All right, don't judge me. And this is a no. Action. This is a no, no judgment zone, right? And All no right. judgment. Action. Staying in bed, shouting. Oh God. Does not constitute going to church. <laughs> Cut. That's I a really wrap. Want you to, I really wanted you to do like a... All right. I, take two. 
staying okay. in bed shouting, oh, God. <laughs> this, is not, this is not constitutional. No, no, you have church. to go into your head voice. Okay. What, 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 okay, coach me. Direct me. Whatever head the hell. voice. Okay. I need you to go okay. like. Oh, uh, like, okay. you did say Japanese anime. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Staying in bed shouting, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this is not constitute going to church. That's it. We got it. We got it. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. All right. Done. All right. <laughs> and on that note, remember to love your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're about to hit the dusty trail. Jackie, thanks so much for hanging out with and us. And thank you thanks so for much for me. doing our social media stuff. We literally would not have done it without you. yeah everyone follow us on social media twitter instagram facebook tiktok we're there praise and brush it podcast except on twitter it's just praise brush it because character limit yes and you can also email us praise and brush it podcast at gmail.com i'll have all the links for our socials as well as our spotify playlist luke might not be back next week because he's gonna die of embarrassment yeah i'm i'm literally (laughs) i'm He's so red right now. (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you all for listening. We hope you had fun with us. And uh, we're going to have fun next week. But until then, always remember to love your neighbor as as yourself. Bye, guys. Bye. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Maybe you'll get this one.